I'm Mike Weir, Chief Revenue Officer at G2, the world's largest and most trusted software marketplace. And welcome to Go to Market Innovators, the series where we sit down with B2B revenue and marketing leaders to learn about the successes they've had, the challenges they've faced, and how they've used technology to create an aligned sales and marketing organization to drive their businesses forward. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Scott Vaughn. He is currently an advisor and consultant to CXOs, founders, investors all around the world. He's been guided by deep experience in go-to-market expertise as the former CMO of Integrate and UBM TechWeb. Constantly spreading his knowledge, Scott can be found guest lecturing on the speaker circuit at major events and writing on transformation, marketing, business, and leadership topics, including uh, the new work that he does with the Acceleration Economy. And if you don't know Scott on LinkedIn, you should, because you'll see a lot of really great thought leadership that he's putting out there on a regular basis. So with that, Scott, welcome. Let's dive right in. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, thanks, Mike, for having me. I, I love our banter and our conversations. And I'll just say all that speaking and writing comes from uh, being in the trenches for so long and getting beat up and, and figuring out and learning how maybe better ways and, and, and getting to have conversations with people like you and, and your team that, that are actually doing the work. Because um, I love picking up the shovel and getting to it. Yeah. And it's not too far uh, ago that you were in the trenches with us doing this. And so that's that's really the essence of what we're doing today. You know, and with, with this thought leadership series is giving advice to existing operators, folks in CMO, CRO roles about how they can create more success for their B2B organizations, what they can learn from others, what technology they should be harnessing to execute on those strategies. And one of the core themes is about sales and marketing alignment. We know that aligned organizations are far more successful in their go-to-market. And Scott, I, you've been in these roles. We've talked about this over the years. And so I'm eager to dig into this because from your perspective, you actually advocate that sales and marketing alignment alone is not enough. You know, why is that on its own a problem? What, what else should companies be doing? Well, I think we miss the boat when we try to align sales and marketing because we focus only on one function of delivering against the customer. And especially mm -hmm. in today's market, which is so um, services and experiences driven, it takes more than sales and marketing. And so what I advocate and have learned and do with companies, and it, it, it's a change for many, is to think about how you bring not just sales and marketing in alignment, but how you integrate sales, marketing, customer success, product, and operations at minimum so that you can look at the whole prospect to customer to renewal uh, and expansion of relationships and revenue into a more integrated process. Because sales and marketing alignment, even if when, when that does happen, and, it, and you need to do that, just to <laughs> emphasize, sales and marketing is the, a big part of the go-to-market motion, but if you're just doing that, it could fall down when it gets inside an organization or the product or roadmap that you promised and the capabilities doesn't get delivered to the customer or you can't measure that holistically from an operational standpoint 
that's where alignment starts to really get out of whack. And so go to market, in my view, in, in, in the work I do with companies today, hands-on work is really built around that thinking. And so what I'm hearing is that, it, you know, it's the starting point has to be excellent sales and marketing alignment, yeah. or at least from my vantage point, right? Like you can't do this without the sales and marketing alignment because you need to be thinking about the customer. But I, I love what you're saying is like, let's advocate for a company-wide strategy. And so with the organizations that you're working with, how do they get aligned across all these different departments? How do you coach them to do this in practicality day in and day out? Well, so we, we, we bring intelligence, we bring market reality, uh, we bring real world use cases up at the ELT, the, the leadership team, typically, mm -hmm. hopefully to the CEO, depending on the size of company and how they operate. But at that executive level, we talk about the realities of the market change. How are companies buying your solution? How are they researching your solution? How are they using your solution? How are they making the decision to go into your category or maybe a whole different direction? So you, first of all, put the market and customer reality as how you lead the conversation. And that then gets a conversation going, how then do we go to market as a company, not just sales and marketing? Because if you narrow it, it's always focused on winning a customer or creating demand for a customer. It, it misses the other part of delivery where all the profitability and growth um, and scale come from. And so that's how you have to start it. You start with market and customer intelligence, market shifts, and you drive those conversations. And that motivates people maybe to rethink their framework a little bit and how they're seeing things. Because many people I found, and I, boy, am I guilty of this, I diagnose a, a sales and marketing alignment problem and it's actually something else. It, it, mm. it's, it's, oh my gosh, our product, we're selling this way and our products actually does all these other things or it doesn't even do that anymore. That's not what the market needs. And so when that's out of whack, that's when you have a problem. Yeah. And so shamelessly, I, I, I love the, uh, the implication that you need places like G2 to learn about what people really think about your products. But that aside, let's, let's stick with the theme for today. Because well, I, I we will stick with the theme, but that's G2 is a living example of how the buyer's mindset has changed. They don't wait for a salesperson conversation in a demo. They'll go on to G2, see who's in the category, see what people are talking about, what words they're using. Does that align with their thinking? Um, there's a little bit of, am I, uh, do I know what I'm doing here? That they can go to sites like G2 and, and solution sets. That's what's changed. And as soon as you start to um, amplify that to the leadership team um, and get them focused externally on this kind of thinking, that does open up, okay, maybe we need to approach this a bit differently. Mike, just one last thing though. That doesn't mean you don't focus on a sales and marketing alignment and integration. That's still critically important, but it's not enough. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think the points that you're making, they resonate a lot. And, and one of the things that I've, that is underlying this that you've talked a lot about, that I've, I've actually read a lot of the content you've put out there, is that you know, whether it's G2, internal data, other places, data is at the core of how do you create this really well-aligned corporate strategy, this really well-aligned execution. 
Can you share a little bit more about you know, the role that you see for data in a aligned go-to-market? Sure. So I, I spoke to, and I think data is something that can bring that together and two things it can really do. One is you get that intelligence of actually what's happening. So market intelligence is as important as customer intelligence. So mm -hmm. being able to use that as a conversation starter to understand what's really happening and then look at the, uh, I call it the telescope to look out. So you're planning, you look out the windshield so you can see straight ahead to know what's in front of you. But then you got to, eventually you're going to have to look at the microscope to be able to, to orchestrate all that. Data is the driver of that. And I call that, how do you get that intelligence? And that's how a process can both start to get that alignment going across the organization. And it doesn't all have to be perfectly connected out of the gate, by the way. You just have to get that culturally, that thinking going. And then you're gonna be using data to understand where you are in that effort and to guide that decision-making as you go and to optimize what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So that's also how you fuel more of the data-driven culture. And one of the challenges with that is our data is stuck in our MarTech stack. The data is stuck in our CRM and sales stack or whatever it is, or maybe even if you've got a revenue stack, it's stuck there, but it may not be connected to our operations or our supply chain or our financial systems. And so now data now becomes a conversation starter and how you progress through that, but you must start to think about connecting that data into those systems. And that becomes then where you actually have intelligence that you can use at those different sectors. And, and that's a starting point to where you start to see the company really change how they go to market, how they think about it. So that's why I think data is a great driver of that. Yeah, and the, the idea of a unified data set is central to what yeah. you're advocating for. It's uh, so I, I get exactly it's absolutely like central. Please. Yeah, and, and not to nerd out here, but you get into data structure, right? And we we have bits of customer data, bits of market data, bits of revenue data all over the place. And and beginning to unify that and breaking those silos with data helps break the silos of that go-to-market strategy and activation that's required inside the company. So now all of a sudden you have Ideally, you're defining um, different levers that you can pull and everybody's beginning to look at uh, common, I'll say dashboards, I hate that word, but at least they're uh, focused on the right data and then drawing the insights and having discussions around that. By the way, to do your job in marketing or sales, then you can get the microscope data, like I need to know what's happening on my website in order to deliver on the go-to-market. So you still have your data in your in your silo, if you will. But if that data doesn't roll up and your systems don't connect to your customer data warehouse, your, your BI systems, whatever it is that you're running, that's often a miss uh, and it's daunting. So sometimes we skip it. But to me, that culture and that data are the two places that you can make the biggest leap forward in your go-to-market. Yeah, and you've already gone the place that I was hoping to get to, right? how do you truly operationalize the data? And if we can, I'd, I'd like to, to go into a couple of areas that you were just talking about. Because one, it's 
I'm hearing you talk about how you, you got to get outside of your swim lane, get outside of your silo. Yeah. Right? You know, you, yes. You've talked before about you, know, you have a, a singular MarTech stack and that's independent of your sales tech stack, which is independent of your product insights and your website data and any other third party data that you're bringing in house. And so what advice would you have when, when you think about, you know, how to avoid the pitfalls that you've seen? Yeah. How to, to learn from the best at creating a unified data strategy. You know, what else are they doing that, that the go-to-market leaders could walk away from today's conversation and say, we're not doing that. We need to start. Like, what are those uh, tricks of the trade that you've amassed? Well, so that, that executive leadership team and whatever you call it within your company, it, it really does have to start there because that, strategy has to be baked mm -hmm. there. And then that commitment and being able to show how that data is going to help uh, improve that process, optimize the process, et cetera. From there, one of the really key things is investing in a more of a centralized data science team. And I'm using science very broadly here. They don't have to be all data scientists, but that team that sits at the center that's that has a financial person, that has an operations person, that has a RevOps person, that's part of this team. It can either be formal or informal. And that is a big debate that we won't solve in a, in a 20 minute conversation. But that team has to come together and based on those goals and that go-to-market strategy that's being developed, they are the ones who are doing three things. First of all, they're, they're starting for what is the, the absolute intelligence, insights and data that we have to draw. What are the systems we have today that we can use to pull that from? And today with technology, AI, machine learning, um, integration, APIs, you can do a lot better job of at least sucking the data into one place. It may not all be perfectly integrated. It may live in other systems, but you know everything from Snowflake to other applications, low-code, no-code, you can do some pretty quick work, even if it's not the end product. We don't have today to go out and buy a, well, hang on, two years and, you know, old school ERP system. We'll have that implemented and then we'll tell everybody. There's ways to be able to get minimum viable products in that area to get going. And then the third thing is that you have to have a, a sharing strategy. It can't be that the data team gets to hide everything and we only give it to the CEO. You have to be able to figure out how am I going to empower and give access uh, to the people the sales leadership, the marketing leadership. Um, and, and that's where you get your monthly cadences of discussions that are well um, curated and orchestrated. And there, here's the irony, Mike, and you'll love this from your past, because I know how you've worked. You want to do it two ways in those meetings. You want literal hard data, for sure. You want to see your progress. Are we really, what are, what are we understanding? What are we seeing? But you want stories. Hmm. Let me tell you what happened at Acme Corporation last week. Oh my gosh. And so this, this data team with the leadership needs to go, you know what we found? We found, this is how we actually found the customer, what the customer experience and life cycle was like, how we won the customer, and here's what we're doing next. So in a weird way, there has to be some of those stories that builds the confidence and momentum and also the learnings so that you're educating across that team to speak 
the language that you're trying to get to. So there's some of the irony that you want to be built on data. You want to use data to drive your decisions. But as you've always done, you want to be able to bring that to life. So there's a little bit of both of that. And I just heard a great, uh, you know, a great explanation of why AI won't completely replace all of us is that you need the human element in this. You need to bring context to the data. And I think that's why uh, it just, I mean, it's so dawned on me as you were explaining this, why you use the word culture to begin with. Yeah. Because what you're advocating for is everybody has to be thinking about how to use data. Everybody yeah, has to be everybody. using that data every single day. But the stories, I 100% agree. As a, a former marketer myself, I was always amazed that the story that you told about an example would help do more justification, get more approvals from the executive team than the reams of data that you could review because it brings it, it, brings yes. it to life. It shows the reality of, of what the data is trying to prove. And it identifies my gaps in your data. It identifies mm. things that are most important. So what did we learn from this experience? What data do we know from our real world experience of how this happened? And all of a sudden, everything starts to improve, but culturally you start to buy in because it makes sense to you. I just witnessed it in front of my face. I saw what happened. I want to do 10 more of those. How do I do that? And, you know, we're covering a pretty big topic that, you know, can be done in, 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 you know, weeks and months, not years. But the important part is to get started on that thinking. And you don't have to maybe do it company-wide. Maybe you do it with a business unit or a group if you're in an enterprise and prove out the model or a region. Um, and, and that, to me, is so important like any project. Yeah, it's smart, right? You're, you're saying, let's take some baby steps. Let's create a long-term plan to get our first-party data in order. So yep. that then we can better marry it with second and third party data sets. And one thing that I've heard you spend some time talking about that I'd love for you to, to share your opinion on here is what role does AI, ML, play in getting us to the next level of this unified data strategy and really, really creating business advantage? Yeah, well, it's going to get better and better, um, but the, the real big advantage to me of AI and machine learning right now is the automation, the mm. ability to synthesize, analyze, and gather stuff. So your people aren't doing that. They're building the right culture, environment, uh, a ways to present that data so that it, it feeds into the system that you're trying to build on your go-to-market strategy. Um, that's There's so much uh, capability there that's proven out that's more mature. Um, we, we're not getting to the point, uh, Mike, where, and this is a big debate, we will be here. But the buzz right now is they're going to write everything. And I, I posted something, I think, you know, on LinkedIn from our pal, Tom Fishburne and Mark Atunis, who just nailed it. It was the same response to every LinkedIn thing, but it was with a different word or two. It, it reminds me back to when we were in formative days in 2009 and 10 and brought in Eloqua and marketing automation. And we're going to be revenue makers now, baby. We've got this technology. And what turned what was supposed to be great nurture turned into basically soulless spam mm. uh, because everybody had it. It was automated, et cetera. You still have to put your voice. You still have that human touch to your point earlier. Um, yep. But AI is phenomenal for crunching and analyzing and 
and getting an essence and getting you started faster. Speed yeah. is the name of the game here. Uh, and agility uh, is, is so big. Those aren't, those are like business school words, but they're so important because the pace of markets and the pace to customers and by nature, organizations will sit and wait and put barriers up. So you need some catalyst. And I think AI and machine learning can be a catalyst because they're bringing forth things to debate, discuss, and act on. Yeah. And if you can accomplish more, then all the better, right? You, you, can, you can actually take on more of the use cases that you've wanted to do to help your customers win other types of customers uh, sooner than you would have otherwise, which makes a ton of sense. When you think about the data strategy, I think you've given us a ton to think about, which is get outside of your silos, get outside of yes. even sales and marketing. Once you've got your own first party data in order, then start intelligently looking at bringing other external data sets in there. As you think about that process and you've worked with clients or even from your own operator days, are there any like technology areas that you think people should be thinking about, any software types that you think folks should be thinking about that you know are, are underutilized, right? Like we all are thinking about our CRMs, we're thinking about our automation with marketing, we're thinking about the sales activation platforms. Anything that you've seen bubbling up that you would recommend? Or well, I, I think that movement, uh, Mike, is that I think that's why probably Salesforce uh, is uh, hitting a couple of speed bumps here. Um, this is a little bit of commentary, but I think it's symbolic of what's happening. You. They've acquired a lot of technologies. It sounds like its own company, right? Slack, Tableau. So you should have the whole banana. But if you can't make those things work together, mm -hmm. by the way, banana was a technical term I just used on you. But <laughs> if you can't make those technologies work together in, in, in a workflow across those organizations, they're not as valuable. And some of that innovation has to happen. So things like um, DevOps and low-code, no-code and how to apply Snowflake and things like that are actually the next versus buying a tool, sorry, buying a technology, the technology platform to solve it. I don't think that's the, that's the ticket. We did that for, and in, in, I'll just speak from a go-to-market perspective. We did that in sales. We did that in marketing. There might be a couple of magic uh, uh, tools in there. But the platform thinking has to be more fundamental where you're building into your, your data lake, your data warehouse, and building around that more centralized in structure and getting those outputs. So the technologies are a little bit more techie, that, and that's why that data team at the core is so important in this effort. Big or small to match your size of organization and appetite, but it, but it has to be at the core. Nice. That's wise. When you think about a, a, just a, a large yet flexible and smart data lake. You can plug in what you need to plug in and get out good outputs. So love that. You can it's have a, governance process. You can have some of the fundamentals mm -hmm. you need. And by the way, just, just to, when you start giving data to product and operations, they start to buy in, they get excited. They're, they know they're there to support, not sales and marketing, but to support the customer in the process to deliver better, uh, customers, prospects, et cetera, they, they want to do that, but they just always don't know how, and they're waiting for sales and maybe marketing to tell them, but data brings that catalyst to get that speed going, et cetera. And the, by the way, they know how to do a lot of this data stuff. <laughs> so they, they can be you know, more drivers of that effort with inputs from uh, the go-to-market frontline team. So 
this is what gets me excited about when you start to see organizations move in this direction. It's not a straight line as anything, but you start to see the difference uh, that we can't do it the old way of, of silos and sales and marketing, et cetera. Um, and that's not to take away. Sales and marketing need to be aligned very clearly, uh, but I think it's more than that. Yeah. So I just got a major takeaway from what you said and that's really looking at don't forget all of this is being done to help the customers yeah. to help you prove your value in the market to ultimately grow your business and so as we wrap for today i'd welcome you know scott your final thoughts your last little bits of uh, words of wisdom for the group to say you know don't forget about these things so what would your parting words be for us well one is that um I think that's why it's so exciting to be in. We have, you mentioned AI and machine learning and, and, and this is different than being data driven. Hmm. <laughs> this is really putting uh, intelligence and data at the core uh, as uh, not even a competitive advantage, but something you have to do because markets and customers move so fast. Hmm. Sales and marketing cannot keep up with the customer. That's just a fact. They're moving too fast. And if you don't have the product and operations and delivery to work with you, that's when you get yourself in trouble. And, and that's why I, I uh, put data as such an important part. And I'm using data very broadly here, but I think the audience and, and Mike, you know what I mean by that. And, and, and that to me is what the key is to, to move forward because you can develop even the best go-to-market strategy ever from a sales and marketing standpoint but if you can't activate that and deliver on it, forget it. Um, it not only is it not good, it, it creates tension and then salespeople lose their confidence. Marketing doesn't know what to say. Uh, products building something else. Operations goes, what's wrong with the numbers? You've been in the organization that, that loop that happens. Uh, and, that, and that's why it has to be, there has to be some executive sponsorship in this. I'm not naive that that's why I try to, in my work, try to work with that team to do that first and or, and or work with the, you know, the director VP levels to help build that case and, and mm -hmm. make that move in an organization because it does need executive sponsorship. Well, Scott, I think you just proved your thesis about why data has to be at the core of a unified go-to-market strategy. Very much appreciate the opportunity to learn from your experience, learn from your insights. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me and congratulations on, on the go-to-market innovators and all that you guys are doing to keep the voice out there. I love it. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Have a great one. And thank Take you, care. everybody, for joining. <laughs>